frustration. This is the place of healing. This is the place of deliverance. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Great song. Beautiful one uh, by uh, uh, Liquid. Uh, DC, Lakewood, Washington, DC. Uh, that's that was just a worship session uh, by them. But that song originally uh, is by Eddie James. I am a beautiful song. One of one of the songs that always always get to me. Thank you very much uh, for joining Bible study today. Uh, so let's just say a word of prayer as we quickly get into the study. Father, we thank you for. Uh, another time in your presence. Thank you for another opportunity to share your word with God's people. We ask that your life and your light will come upon these letters in the name of Jesus. That will be so blessed and none of us will remain the same after this teaching in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much once again for tuning in. Um, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Last week we had a very great time uh, with uh, our people. We had a great time uh, studying uh, the conversion of Saul and uh, immediately the guy was converted. Uh, he started causing trouble in quotes. Uh, I mean, immediately he started preaching in the synagogues uh, and um, immediately he was preaching in the synagogue uh, uh, they started what they wanted to kill him almost almost immediately. So I mean, so that shows uh, the kind of uh, trouble, uh, permit me to use the word, that uh, some of these uh, Jewish people do give. Uh, <laughs> I mean, someone, and I just I was looking at that because it, when the apostles were preaching in Jerusalem be, uh, before. Uh, Stephen had the issue and spoke how he spoke when they were teaching in Jerusalem. Um, the, 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 chief, I mean, the chief priest and all those guys wanted to arrest uh, the disciples, but they were, the Bible says they were scared that the listeners would stone them to death. And I'm like, these are Jews, these are people who fear God. <laughs> and um, uh, their, their leaders are scared of them that these guys can stone us, can stone us to death. I mean, how, how amazing, how amazing those set of people are. Those ones are not gentle, gentlemen, ladies at all. And uh, Paul was, was teaching in the synagogues of, of Damascus, immediately he got converted. Uh, and he, he got so, so um, the argument got so loud that they couldn't refute his proofs and they wanted to kill him. I mean, these are God-fearing, quotes, God-fearing people or religious people. And that's something about religion. Religion will always, always, always defend what they don't understand. They go all out to even kill because of a gospel they know nothing about. Of a God they don't understand. They think they understand. They think they know this God, but obviously from their from their actions and all the, all these things, we know that they don't understand the first thing about the God they are fighting about. And okay, 
let's assume it was only these Damascus people that had issues. Uh, maybe they are not born again enough. But I mean, uh, Saul went back to, to Jerusalem because they wanted to kill him. And he quickly, um, he, was, he ran away at night. Uh, we've said a lot of things about that. You can, you can go back to the live, I mean, to the last week's uh, teaching and get that. But he went back to Jerusalem. And as he was also teaching there, and they couldn't refute his proofs again, those two wanted to kill him. So what's this thing about? So religious people are the ones that, that have, they have this thing in common. Permit me to use, to use this example. There was a time, um, I think about two years ago, there was about two years ago, um, that was the last time it came, uh, these hyper-grace uh, preachers and listeners, these ones with um, you, I, I don't want to explain further, but let's just call them hyper-grace. And they'll go all out, grace, grace, grace is here, grace is there. In fact, on, on Bible study on WhatsApp, we've done, we did a whole series on grace from, from, from Genesis to Revelation. And we treated what grace actually is. And people that, people that teach it wrongly don't really understand what Paul was even talking about. So these hyper-grace people, uh, I was talking about their example. And the, one thing they have in common, one thing if, you, if you've met any of them, one thing they have in common, they don't respect anybody. They are rude, they are, they are violent, they are vulgar. These are religious people. They have their brothers and sisters in the book of Acts. People want to kill. Like you're arguing, you're talking about uh, Jesus is the Messiah and he's giving them proofs from the Torah and they couldn't refute the proof. And the next thing is, we're going to kill this guy. So that was what uh, ended chapter nine. Uh, so Let's go straight to chapter 10. Uh, you know, they, in fact, something I, I, I also pointed out in chapter 9 is after they sent Saul away, they sent him back to his hometown, Tassos. They brought go to your hometown people. Uh, we, we hope that your hometown people will not want to kill you. Maybe, uh, this is just me thinking a lot, I may be wrong, but uh, we hope that those guys will not want to kill you. So, bros, just pack your things and go. So, after they sent him, to, to Jerusalem, the Bible says that they were in peace towards the end of chapter 9, that the church experienced peace. So, which means the persecution they experienced in chapter 8, chapter 8, verse 1, there was great persecution, was just an aftermath of maybe Stephen's actions in chapter 7. So, there are some things that we bring upon ourselves that is not is not ordained. Let me use that word. Permit me to use that word. Ordained by God is just some of our actions. Yeah, they could have gone to Judea and Samaria. Yeah, it was the persecution that took them to Judea and Samaria. We're going to see what they even went to do in Judea and Samaria. We'll see it. I think maybe this chapter or the next chapter. Uh, yes, yeah, because they wanted to stay in Jerusalem, so that persecution forced them to scatter. But they could have scattered without the persecution, because immediately after Saul stopped the argument, he went back to his hometown. People respected each other. There was peace, the church had peace and it grew. So let's go to chapter 10. Uh, so I'm just gonna share screen now uh, and I'm gonna use Bible works this time. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So chapter 10, 
this was about Cornelius. So I'm going to be reading the NLT. There was a, there were, in Caesarea, there, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. So this is a senior officer, he's not the recruit kind of officers. And I think at the beginning we said it that the kind of people that the church at the beginning of the series, uh, chapters one and two, the kind of people that the church at the beginning had were not just paupers, were not just beggars on the street. They had all people, people from all walks of life who had owned properties and could sell it through their own lands. He is an army general, an army captain. A captain is not a, he's not a small boy, a big guy those days. So um, Cornelius was the captain of the army. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. We're going to look at this. Uh, he gave general, generously to the poor. King James said he gave much arms um, to people. So he gave much arms. And the, 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 the Greek word, if you, as you're seeing there, is elimosin. Elimo, elimos, elimosune, elimosune, which means he has mercy, pity, um, exhibiting giving of arms, donation to the poor. But look at this. I, I want us to look at this mercy and pity. So he, he, this was a merciful man, despite the fact that um, that he was, he, was, he was a captain, he was an army captain, uh, and he gave to a lot of people. So, so we'll come back to this, to giving of arms, because um, the angel that appeared to him said something about this giving of arms. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel answered. The, the angel said, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. Now, why will he stare at him in terror? Why? Why? Let's look at it. He was afraid. Afraid, uh, thrown into fear, terrified, affrighted. Why will he be afraid seeing an angel? Okay, now I'm going to bust your bubble. Uh, especially for some of us that uh, are a little bit religious and we've been, uh, we've been carried along to, to think that angels are these poor, stish people. Now, this is an average cherubim. This is how they look like. These are scriptural descriptions of how a cherubim, an angel, looks like. That's the lowest... Uh, Form of angel, the cherubims. Now, Sazamas, if this appears to you, <laughs> so angels are fearful. Are, are, they, are, they are fearful in appearance. So that's why an army captain will see someone appear to you and will be afraid. I mean, military, they, they, are, they are known for their bravery. They are known not to be afraid of anything. But I mean, someone saw an angel, a military man saw an angel and was afraid. Definitely looks like this. So this the lowest form of, I mean, the lowest class, uh, the uh, the cherubims. Let me just digress a bit. We'll come back to Acts. These are not that. These these are the seraphims. That's the next class. The seraphims have no body, just eyes and wings. You can see eyes all over and wings. So there are millions, trillions of cherubims, trillions of seraphims. So I mean. Uh, if this appeared to you, I'm very sure you're going to be afraid. Uh, these are the, the, the highest or the higher class of angels, just eyes and like in a ring, 
Those, these are the ones that the Bible says were in front of God, just eyes all around uh, in the book of Revelation. I think these are also uh, honor, just honor films. These are honor films. Um, uh, that's the higher, higher class of, and look at it, look at this. Uh, this was Daniel, Daniel's vision, an artist tried to portray Daniel's vision. And look at those honor films, he saw them. These are the things that are in front of God. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that they are in front of God, full of eyes, covered with eyes. Well, uh, well, I'm not talking about Revelations today, but why will an army general be afraid seeing something in his dream? The thing most likely appeared like this. So let's go back to to uh, Revelation, uh, to the book of Acts. Book of Acts, so uh, what is it? Uh, and the angel said, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Hey. Prayers and gifts have been received by God. So when we say, when you give, either to the Lord in church, because actually you're not physically giving to God. God is not the one physically coming to collect your offering on Sunday. And we have loads of people that have told you that, oh, no, you're not giving to God. God is not the one collecting your offering. He's the pastor that is, that is stealing your offering, he's eating your offering. This was a man. This was a man who was giving to the poor. We read in verse 2. Was giving to the poor. And the angel came and said two things. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. God has received that giving that you give to man. Ha. So where do these grace and New Testament preachers see the kind of sermons they preach? They're giving, or this one is of the Old Testament. You don't do this. Okay, let's, let me look at it. Look at it. it, it this one says, uh, KJV says, their prayers and their arms come up for a memorial before God. That by which something or someone is remembered. It came as a memorial before God. So when we give either to the Lord in church as offerings and tithes, or we give to the poor, we are actually giving to the Lord. So this is literal. I can teach this and not be teaching heresy. The Bible says a man was giving to the poor and praying. And an angel came to appear to that man and said, that giving you are giving to the poor has been received by the Lord. I mean, this is, this, is, this is amazing. Let's go, verse 5. Now, send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon Etana, who lives near the seashore. He knows my name. I mean, he knows your name. He knows your address. He knows where you are staying. He knows where you are. He knows where, you, he knows where you're going to move to. God knows your address. See, God, see, see, describing, giving him Google, this is, this is sat now, this satellite navigation, giving this guy, he has never met Simon Peter, but the angel was giving him, this is where he lives. 
And some of us have actually experienced this. Time will not permit me, of course, because of the nature of this study, to share personal experiences about God giving my house address to people. God giving my name and my house address to people. See, this, these things are real, real. I have experienced things like this before. Let's go ahead. Seven, as soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called his two household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. I mean, this guy has, he has police protection. He has military protection. This is not a small boy. He has house help. He has military escort again. And this is not a small boy. For those of you that think the gospel is just for the poor or for one particular set of people, it is just for all classes of people, everyone, no matter your economic status. Okay, he told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. He was opened with them. He didn't tell them, oh, this is just a remark for just some of us, which, which some, some leaders will do. They will hide. Oh, this is just, just a few of us that can, that can get this remark and things like that. He, he was open to them. So the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up to the flat road to pay, pray about noon. He was hungry, but while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared. I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. Okay. Okay. Ex uh, I mean, self-explanatory. But what really jumped at me here is that Peter said, no, Lord. He didn't say no, Satan. He didn't say the Lord rebuke you. He didn't say, he didn't just say no. He said, no, Lord. So he knew that this was the Lord. He knew that this is God speaking to you Jesus speaking to him. It wasn't me missing words to think that this is just the devil trying to deceive me to eat what is ceremonially unclean. He knew it was the Lord and he still said no. So as much as Peter was saved, he was still not saved from tradition. As some of us not like that, we can, we can criticize Peter till tomorrow. But some of us still not, as much as we are, are saved, born again. We know that, yes, uh, Christianity is not a religion. It's a way of life. We know all these things. But aren't we still bound so much tied to tra tradition? Let's, let's go on, because this is really funny. The voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God had made it clean. So the voice is reconfirming or reaffirming that this is from God. God had called this thing clean. Peter, the head of church, the same vision was repeated three times and Peter didn't act. What could have been in his thing? Some of us have been also brainwashed into tradition to think that what is ceremonially unclean in quotes. I know a lot of people are listening all over the world, so um, I, I won't just talk about a particular culture or, or tradition here, but 
We know some things that um, we so much major on in the church that probably God doesn't even care about. We so much major on some of these things, and that is that is what builds our theology. That's what builds our dogma. That we we minor on the things that matter to God. So three times he refused. Which means this guy, these Jews are stubborn. Sorry to just use that word. I, I apologies if a Jew is, is, is listening to this. I'm so sorry. But I mean, look at this. He knew the Lord. He knew the Lord's voice. The voice told him, this is God saying this thing is clean. And he still stubbornly said no. Well, some of us are even actually as stubborn as Peter. And we're not Jews. Some of us are even much more stubborn than Peter. So after three times, the sheets were suddenly pulled up to heaven. Why was it? Why, why three times? Why three times? Uh, well, I think it's for, in my own, uh, 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 in my own, own opinion, I'll just think it's just for confirmation or reaffirmation. It may not have anything to, to do with Trinity or anything. I may be wrong, but, uh, but three times he refused. Uh, the Bible says, once the Lord has spoken twice as I heard. The Lord spoke three times to Peter. He didn't hear words. God, oh God is patient. You know that he's, he's always is a God of second chance. Like like that song we always say, sing. He's a God of second chance. I mean, some people say, some people say that once the Lord once the Lord has spoken twice twice have I heard. This guy has said three times the Lord has spoken zero times have I heard. Is God not, is, are we not just like that? Has God not spoken to some of us 20 times? I was not even heard once. The Lord help us. So the sheet was, was pulled up. Uh, verse 17. I was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found someone's house standing outside the gates. That the Holy Spirit, look at confirmation like plug and play again. Show this one here. You can't tell him here. They asked if the man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as <coughs> excuse me, meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Remain, I've come looking for you. Go get up, down, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I am the man you're looking for. Why have you come? He said he was sent by Cornelius. Da, 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 da. I told him. Upon K. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night. The next day they went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Juba. Okay, almost wrapping up. Uh, please, if you have your questions, you can start typing them either on Zoom or Facebook. Uh, please start typing your questions. Okay, they arrived in Caesarea following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and and called together his relatives and close friends. I mean, this guy is, this guy is so generous. I mean, it, it even shows, he was waiting for his someone to be preached to him, and, and he, he had called the whole town. Do you know, like, he's so generous. Generous with information, generous with, 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 with arms, generous with giving. So such a generous man. I, I mean, Cornelius is, he has a heart, what we say, a heart of gold. I mean, so if he, he didn't want to enjoy enjoy this thing, he, looked, he has called, uh, 
his friends and relatives immediately. So let's go ahead. Um, so verse 25, Peter entered the house. Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. Watch this. But Peter pulled him up, said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. Now, this is very significant because um, Peter saw Jesus accept worship. Jesus accepts worship. But that's, that's one, of the, one of the proofs of the deity of Jesus. That's actually one of the proofs that Jesus is God. But none of the disciples, none of the apostles accepted worship. So this is to show us that Jesus is God. So Jesus, so uh, someone, this might be helpful to someone. Uh, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. This is one of the proofs that Jesus is God. He accepts worship and only God accepts worship. So Peter is just telling him, I'm not Jesus, I'm not God. I'm a human being just like you, which some of us should be humble enough to do. I mean, uh, okay, let me stay on that. For some of us who are young in ministry, you see, and I understand that, yes, if God has called us into ministry, God has ordained you a pastor. Uh, ethically speaking, you're the father of the church. You're the father of your assembly. You're the father in that place. Uh, but we should also be careful not to lord it over, especially people who are uh, old enough to be our mothers and our fathers. Um, something really got to me. Um, uh, by the grace of God, I was ordained a couple of weeks ago as a pastor in Christ Apostolic Church. And uh, we are told a number of ethics, what you do, what you don't do, when you are dressed uh, in clerical shirt. Uh, and they also told us how to balance things. They don't say because now you are the father of the church and the, your mothers and everybody is that kneeling down and frustrating for you and things like that. Yes, they may do it. Uh, so I, after the ordination, I went to meet some one of my fathers, my, my father, my proper father is also a pastor. Uh, mommy, his wife was, was in the room and the wife almost knelt down to greet me. I quickly ran and carried her. Three weeks before then, I slept in their house. I proceeded to greet mommy in the morning. Mommy, good morning. Though. I slept in their house three weeks ago. But mommy understood that, yes, this is changed because I was dressed in, in clerical shirt. She just almost knelt down to greet me. I quickly grabbed her, mommy, you're still my mother. But she said, yeah, you're my father in the Lord. So I understood that for, this is just um, in, for the Yoruba culture. For those of us who are from the Southwest uh, Nigeria, uh, that's what we do for our, uh, we, we, the ladies kneel down to greet. So, but I'm just looking at, um, because I needed to balance it. And I, something, it's really dawned on me. That was, she's literally my mother. Like, these are the ones that took care of me while I was a baby. And she understood, oh, this, this boy, this is my boy, is no longer uh, um, the same. So but we also need to balance it. Uh, and that's what we need to teach um, um, some young ministers these days. Uh, well, I'm grateful to the, to the people that taught us uh, at the training, at the pastoral training, I mean, heavy ethics. I also had a, a, a bachelor's uh, degree uh, in, in theology from Life Theological Seminary. Our lecturers are awesome. We taught ethics of ministry, things that I should out of balance in ministry. Let's just go ahead because time is almost done. 
uh, verse 27. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Now watch this. Peter told them, you know, it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think anyone is impure or unclean. So he got the message. A lot of us, even in me inclusive, it was when I was preparing for this teaching that I saw that, whoa, probably I've, I've been wrong. A lot of us, I have thought it that it was that, uh, the fact that Peter didn't eat that, those things, that made God to choose Paul, that Paul was a replacement. Paul was chosen in, in, in chapter 9. His job description was given before this vision came to Peter. So there was no replacement of anybody. I, I'm correcting myself too because I have also <laughs> made that error. So he got the message. He preached to the Gentiles. He, he has now is 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 he has gotten that fact that God has just told me that I should not call what he has what God has called pure. I should not call it impure. So I should not go, but God has shown me that I should no longer think anyone as impure or unclean. So Peter got the message. There was no, there was no replacement. Everybody is running their race. Everybody is building the kingdom together. No competition. So I came without an objection, and as soon as I, I, I came without an objection, as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied. Four days ago, I was praying in my house. At the same time, at three o'clock, suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. So, if it was just a man in dazzling clothes, why will, why will Cornelius would have been afraid? Why would he be afraid? I mean, a man was standing there. So, you could understand uh, the, the look of the angel. Let's go. And he said, Cornelius, that prayer was heard, and thy kind acts were remembered before God. Now, send messengers to Joppa. He told him everything. Da, 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 da. Gave you that it was God that gave me your house address. I mean, how you call someone now? Oh, and you're maybe he's a big man and asked, huh? How did you get my number? Sir, the Holy Spirit gave me your number, sir. <laughs> how does that sound? Sorry, the Holy Spirit gave me your number, sir. But it could be possible. I mean, there is nothing with, with the Holy Spirit, things are limitless. What we can do, I mean, it can, it can, it can actually help. So I sent for you at once, and it was good for you to come. Now, we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given to you. So how will a Gentile, you know, this guy is not a Jew, how will a Gentile know that they're waiting before God? How will a Gentile know that uh, they're in the presence of God? So, and the Bible says it was a God-fearing man. So this man had done his own work. He, he, though he, was, he wasn't a Jew by birth, uh, he probably would have read uh, 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 the Torah to understand um, all these things. He had read uh, 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 about the, the laws of God and the laws of the Jews. He understood that <clears throat> he understood the omniscient uh, uh, power of God, the omniscient, the, the, the omnipresent uh, quality of God. So he knew that God was there, even in his house, even though. I mean, this guy already understood even the New Testament, uh, 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 um, um, uh, the New Testament stops because the Jews believe that they still have to go to Jerusalem to worship because they believe God is a 
Jerusalem. But this man understood that God is here. I mean, I'm standing in front of God. So even though he's not a Jew, he already understood into the future, understood into the New Testament. Okay, let's go. 34. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. Now, this is what people misquote. Can you see what has been coming? Can you see the context? God shows no favoritism. Let's go. Let's go. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. That's the context. That Oh, so even you, you, you are not a Jew. You are not yet, in quote, a Christian. You've not even accept, known about the Messiah. And you already know that God is here. So God can, as in, the Lord of hosts can appear to anybody, anywhere, in any form. Some of us in the church, we are tempted to think that God is the God of Christians or God is the God of church goers. Jesus is the Jesus of the church goers alone. And so we just think it is just for us. God cannot show any other person anything. I mean, God appeared to this guy. God appeared to this guy who doesn't know Jesus yet. And the guy understood that God is omnipresent, is here. So let's go. 36. This is the message of the good news. There is peace of the good news for the people of Israel. Now, this man is still, this is traditionally still in the set of a word. How will you even introduce a, a sermon? You want to preach to people. You know that people from Nigeria should not talk to people from Ghana because our jello rice is bad. I mean, our jello rice is, is, we are completely against each other. But I'm here to preach. Who introduces a sermon like that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so he's still coming and say, this is the message of the good news for the people of Israel. That there's peace with God through Jesus Christ. How, I mean, you just want to show these people by fire by fire that they are here. Let's go. Uh, and there's peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Just watch this. Uh, you know what happened? I mean, in Judea, I was we talked about uh, uh, Jesus uh, being killed. Uh, okay, and now God has another Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and Jesus went about doing good. Uh, so just said a message because of time. I quickly want us to wrap up now. Then we can take questions. One or two questions there are. And we disciples are the witness. Okay, talked about the witness. Uh, this is this. But God raised him to life after the third day. Then allowed him to appear, uh, not to general public to, but to those, or to to whom God has chosen in advance to be his witnesses. Uh, we were the ones who ate and drank after he rose from the dead. Um, and the other also preached everywhere to testify of Jesus, that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all the living and the dead. So uh, just give them a little bit of um, like history uh, of, of brought them to, okay, this is why this man is like this. Took them through the Israel journey. Okay, he's for Israel. He was baptized. He preached doing good. He was killed. He rose again. She just told them uh, that, in summary, is uh, is the one all the prophets testified about. Now, why is he talking about prophets? Because that's those guys will have read about about the the, the Old Testament Torah. They understood the God uh, of Israel. They understood the God of Judaism. 
So, uh, and everyone believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Lovely message. Now watch this. Even as Peter was saying these things, boom, the Holy Spirit fell upon them who were listening. During a sermon, when I read this, this is just this is just the height of this teaching. When I read this, I just started praying, God, fill my words with fire. Some of us received the Holy Spirit during prayers. Some of us re received it during revivals. And things. This was during a sermon. He was just preaching history. He was telling them history of what happened to Jesus. This is Jesus. While he was yet speaking, bam, the Holy Spirit took those words, fell on those that were listening. Father, Lord, charge my words. Someone is here. Ask the Lord. Charge my words. Let my words carry fire. Let my words, let my words carry fire that my, whoever is listening to this, even if it is 10 years from now, let these lips, let these words from my lips catch fire. And whoever is thirsty for the Holy Spirit, receive right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit. While Peter was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on these people. While he was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon these people. And I mean, this, this was just the height of it. During a sermon, the Holy Spirit took care of that sermon, fell on them, and they, 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 they were filled with the Holy Spirit. To quickly wrap up, verse, verse 20, 45, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. So even despite the lack of faith, so those guys just thought they wanted to go and just fulfill all our justice. They didn't believe that the Holy Spirit can come on Gentiles. But because those guys were so thirsty and the word of Peter mixed with fire, it got to them and they received the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speaking in tongues. From a sermon, they busted into tongues. Wow. I'm praising God. And Peter asked, can anybody object to their being baptized? Now that they have received the Holy Spirit, just as we did. So he gave them orders to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay for several days. Wow. May our words receive fire. May my 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 words receive fire. Enough of vain teaching. Enough of vain speaking. My words, hear the word of God, receive fire. My words, receive fire. My words, my words, receive fire, receive fire. My words, receive fire in the name of Jesus. My words, receive fire in the name of Jesus. My words, receive fire. Enough of vain teaching, vain speaking. Just speaking in vain, just speaking anyhow. Enough of those in the name of Jesus. I receive fire. My words get fire. My words get fire. My words get fire in the name of Jesus. My words get fire. Get fired up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I receive fire in my words. I receive fire. My lips. The Bible says about 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 Ezekiel that it was it, 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 it took the, the, the angel took the coal from the altar of God, life coal, and put it in his tongue. That the word was speaking, received. Someone just 
Ask the Lord today, let my word receive fire. Your words will receive fire even in your business before you make a business proposal. The Holy Spirit is there, has jumped out of your mouth, and that deal is sealed. My word, matter what I say, either in preaching, either in presentation, either in proposals, fire of the Lord accomplishes, accomplishes my words in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't think there are any questions. I don't think there are any questions. Thank you very much for tuning in. We're almost out of time. Very, very almost out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll see you next week, same time. God bless you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Have a wonderful time. Bye.